Hi, I'm Pat Slattery, and you're listening to The Glory Days of Gold. Lord Provost Warren of Glasgow presents the Scottish League Cup to the side that lasted the course better. All conquering East Fife. As I made my way to that pitch on Wellesley Road To sing my songs for the boys in black and gold I heard the stories about 1938 When I was just a boy I knew I'd have to wait there's broken dreams and what might have been at that stadium by the shore But those glory days of gold might return once more Hello, hello, how do you do? We are the boys from New Bayview And we're back with another episode of Glory Days of Gold Your East Fife and Scottish Football Podcast I'm your host for this episode, Michael McCall, and I'm partly on my own, at least just for the intro and the outro, because it's not been a great weekend of football from an East Fife perspective. A tough 2-0 loss down at Stranraer on Saturday afternoon. Not a great performance either, it has to be said. Described by Lee on the Glory Days of Gold Twitter as a load of shite, and that just seems to be the general consensus from the people that's been down at the match or seen this, the stream of the match as well. Two goals for Sundar, one in each half. Matthew Grant opened the scoring in the 13th minute. Four minutes in at the second half, James Hilton got the crucial second, ending. East Fife's three-match unbeaten run and making it back-to-back wins for Stranraer as well. It was a defeat for East Fife that saw them drop from fourth to seventh in the standings. And I think these last couple of months of the season, it's just going to be like this. From positions three to nine, maybe even ten if Bonnie Reg pick it up, it's like you're just going to see teams just moving up and down, rising quickly, dropping if they get a pair of wins or whatever. We've talked about it on the show. Elgin, for example, back up to fifth now, just with one single win at the weekend. That's just how tight everything is. And it was hard not to kind of look at that loss at the weekend as kind of undoing all the good that had been done for the last three weeks. We talked on last week's show, there was a kind of positive atmosphere around the club, both on the pitch and off the pitch, with the the potential for the fans buying the the club and turning it into a community club again. That three-match unbeaten run had kind of really raised the spirits at Bayview, and then one fell swoop just felt undone, with not just a loss at Stranraer, but a pretty poor performance to boot. Not a lot of players seem to cover themselves in glory from the match, and of course, sadly, missing from the East Fife lineup for this one was Pat Slattery, who has been just such a key performer for East Fife in this turnaround of their fortunes. As we said on Twitter, no patty, no party. But fret not, East Fife fans, because we do 
have a 90-minute dose of Pat Slattery for you this week. Because a couple of weeks ago, we talked about it on the, the last couple of shows, we had a really good sit-down chat with Pat just to talk about his career, his time leading up to East Fife, his time at East Fife, this season, hopes for the future, all sorts of thing, a little bit of fun questions thrown in as well. We were keeping it for maybe a week like this where there wasn't a lot to talk about from one of the matches, so we're going to bring you that interview in this episode. We'll get to that real soon, but before that, let's just hear a little bit from this episode's sponsors. East Fife Community Football Club is proud to sponsor Glory Days of Gold. Keep up to date with all our community programmes through our Facebook and Twitter pages. There are classes available for every age and ability, from toddlers to walking football. Just search East Fife Community Football Club. Mays Mortgages are Fife-based mortgage and protection specialists. Our aim is to provide our clients with high-quality, personal and friendly service. Our advisors have over 25 years of industry experience and have an outstanding record for sourcing our clients the products that suit their needs. Where we're different though, unlike many other brokers, from start to finish, we won't charge you a penny. Contact us via Facebook to find out more. So thanks as always to East Fife Community Football Club and Mays Mortgages for their continued support of Glory Days of Gold, their continued support of East Fife Football Club. They support us. Go and support them. So, yep, let's get into the meat and potatoes of this episode. It's our chat with East Fife stalwart, the most tenured player at Bayview these days, Pat Slattery. Seven seasons now. Pat has been at Bayview, hadn't featured much this season, got his chance, took it with both hands and up until that game against Stranraer was holding on to a starting position. And me and myself had an absolutely fantastic chat with Pat a couple of weeks ago, as I said just about his career so far, his time at East Fife and a lot more besides. So go stick the kettle on, grab your biscuit of choice, sit back and enjoy a 90-minute chat with Pat Slattery. So, delighted to say that we are joined by a stalwart of the black and gold for the last few years. He's in his 13th season as a a pro, from what I can work out from the, the stats online. His eighth season at Bayview, and at the time of recording this, 246 appearances for East Fife, making him 18th on the all-time list of appearances. Amazingly, still only 29, looking a lot younger. Welcome to the show, Pat Slattery. Right, boys. You missed missed the most important stat of all, a whopping four goals in those 246 appearances. So... By my amazing calculations, if you score four goals in the next four games, you average a goal every 50 games, mate. Yeah, yeah. And and the, the scary thing is, those four goals are including training sessions as well. So, yes, never been a strong part of my, my game. Yeah, not exactly a prolific goal scorer, but that doesn't matter. It's the other performances that, that we love you for. And we're, we're going to take a journey through your career today, from your youth days right up to date. 
And it's going to be kind of, you're too young to remember This Is Your Life, probably, the TV show, but it's going to kind of be like a This Is Your Life thing that we do. So, you're born in Dumfries. We, we know you're a, a Celtic fan, but did you also support Queen of the, the South growing up? And did you get to, to many games, either Celtic or, or Queen of the South? And did you have a footballing hero when you were growing up? Yeah, so Celtic, yeah, Celtic are my number one team. However, I used to I used to go to the Queen of the South games purely because you used to get like a, a season ticket for sixteen pounds or, or 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 eighteen pounds or something. It went out a pound a game. Um so so Dumfries was only a twenty minute bus journey for me. So I used to go through the uh Queen of the South games every second Saturday or something. Um but uh but yeah, football and hero, uh, Henrik Larson. He was just, he was my idol. Just growing up, used to used to watch Celtic, and then uh, I've got uh, three brothers, uh, and uh, and we 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 all really played football. And uh, whenever we watched Celtic, you know whether it was before the game, during the game, half time at the end of the game, we would always nip out into the back garden and play and just replicate a goal within that game, including the celebration. But yeah, I Henrik Larson was was definitely my hero. I'm not an old firm fan at all, but like watching Larson when he was in his prime, just what a player. It's like we've been lucky to see guys like him and Loudrop in Scottish football over the years. Even the, the quote from Arsene Wenger when Arsenal played Barcelona in the Champions League final, Larson came off the bench. I think Arsenal were 1-0 up, weren't they? And then Barcelona came back and beat them in the yeah. second half. And Arsene Wenger said, they had, like, what changed? And he was like, Henrik Larson, what a yeah. player. Yeah. Yeah, he came on. And it was that that's that was kind of defining in his career because like he left after, I think it was seven years at Celtic. And then he went and played for Man United and, and Barcelona, which is incredible because when have we ever seen that? Or when will we ever see that again? Oh, I know. What's your earliest memories of playing football? And when did you know that you kind of had what it took that you could make it as a pro? Right, so... We actually... So we stayed in, in Lockerbie. That's where we stayed. Um, and we played... There was just a local team called Mids. Um, and, and there was no games. You just trained on a Saturday morning. And, and Joseph, my elder brother, and myself, we used to run along to train and just run back. And there would be no games or anything like that. And it was actually my cousin John um, that told Joseph and myself that he says, right, boys, you need to get yourself into Dumfries because they had boys' clubs playing that would play against each other um, on a regular basis. And they had a league format, which mids were never in. Um, so he told us to go and I wouldn't say I was shy growing up but going into a new group of boys and things like that was quite intimidating for us, well certainly for me um, so Joseph made the jump first, he moved to, to a team called Greyston in Dumfries and then sure enough I, I then followed but I was in Joseph's team so I was playing with boys that were older than me um, which as the years kind of progressed, because they were all a lot bigger than me, um, I, I then f- f- started playing with my my own age group. However, the the kind of moment when I realised 
when I could kind of become a pro was um, my brother Joseph signed for Kilmarnock. Ah. Um, yeah, so he, we were both at Gretna together um, and they, like, we went from boys clubs to Gretna. Uh, jo- Gretna folded, Joseph moved to Kelly and it was, he gets signed full time on a, a two year boys contract kind of thing um, and it was then that I was like, like, he's done it, I'm doing it, kind of thing. That was the kind of bit of a rivalry there. Um, but uh, but yeah, it was when he got his two-year contract with, with Kilmarnock and then I was still going to school. And all I was thinking when I was going to school is, he's away playing football full-time today. You know, mm-hmm. he's, you know I'm, I'm stuck in maths class, English class, French, and he's away playing football. Um, and he would go and stay in Glasgow, come home at the weekend, and I was just thinking... You're so cool, you know. What I mean, it's like just thought it was it was it was so cool because it's something that we'd always done growing up. We'd always been so passionate about football. Um. So yeah. So so um. That's when I kind of really get the 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 bit up the backside to think right. I want to be become a footballer. Um. But um. It was quite late. Um. And then. Yeah. When so so I was at Gretna. Um, Joseph at the end of Gretna, Joseph went to Kilmarnock. I then signed for Annan, and Annan was under 19s football, and I stayed there for a while. Right, because I'd seen that they were listed as your first club, but I couldn't find anything out about you from your time there when we were trying to prepare for this. So that makes more sense then. Yeah, yeah. So, so I was at Annan, and uh, and to be honest, that was that was I, I, I did enjoy my time at Annan because I was young. I think I was about 16 at the time. Um, and I was playing under 18s football. But then it wasn't too long before they started introducing me into the reserves. And I and I loved that because that was adult football, you know, that was the real nitty-gritty of of football. Well, that's what I seen that as the time, playing with experienced pros that I might have watched when I was uh, back at Palmerston watching mm. Queen of the City on a Saturday. You know, so I was then playing with um, a couple of those boys uh, on the in the reserves, and I loved it. Um, and then, sure enough, uh, I had a, a good couple of seasons at Annan, and then and I was in and out of the first team. Um, so I must have was it was it sixteen? I might have been fifteen when I signed there because I think I was around sixteen, seventeen when I was on the bench for Annan. I only ever made a couple of sub appearances. Um, and then, um, and then, yeah, that was that was me. Um, and then one summer, um, there's a a guy called Stuart Rome that was in charge of the Queen of the South under 19s, and and they were full time. Uh, but they done a kind of college slash full time kind of hybrid thing. Uh, and he phoned me about his interest, and obviously with my um. From me growing up, I was thinking I want to do everything I can to be full time because I need to be playing football every day in order to get better every day, which I don't necessarily agree with nowadays. However, at that time, that's how I that's how I felt. Um, so, so yeah, so uh, I spoke to Stuart Rome, who brought me. I, I trained once with him, and he said I want to sign you. Um, and then. And then I was at, I had I was at uh, I was eighteen, so I was quite old. Well, I was kind of in my last year at that level at Queen of the South, 
And um, and yeah, yeah, I, I had a great season. We obviously uh, made it to that Scott Youth mm. uh, Cup final, which was it was a great achievement for us um, because we were we had a young squad at the time, and but it was full time teams. It's like you know it was Celtic Rangers, Hearts, Hibs. All those teams were in it. Um, so that was a phenomenal cup run. I, I was going to ask you about that later, but I'll, I'll just ask you about that now. It's like, I know you got scuffed in the final. It was 8-0 for anyone that, that doesn't know that. But like to play at Hamden and also as a Celtic fan to play against Celtic, that must have been just an amazing experience. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, that's that's the only time I've ever played against Celtic. So, um, But um, that was that was some experience um, because we were so young. And that cup run... To get to the cup final, all of our Queen of the South team, we were all from Dumfries. Um, there was a couple of us from Lockerbie that were in that team. But then we were playing against Celtic, who had boys, you know, from all over the country. They had, well, Jackson Irvin was playing and he, they brought him over from Australia, you know. Aye. So they, they and, and that season, I know we get cuffed 8 0, but that season they had like, Beating Barcelona in the Champions League and things like that, so they they had a they had a great team um, there. Ka- Callum uh, McGregor was in the yeah. team as well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Callum McGregor. Um, Try to think who else. D- Dylan McGeoch was in it that year. Um, Marcus Fraser that's still playing. Um, I think. Oh no, it was Robbie Thompson, the goalkeeper. That was there. aye. He's at Wraith um, now, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. So. Um, but but yeah, so they had a they had a brilliant team and and I mean we beat Dundee United in the semi final and and we we just scraped past them in extra time. Um but that was that was our cup final kind of thing. That was our cup final. Um but uh but yeah, so so that was and then that from that season, believe it or not, I used to be a goal scorer at under nineteens. So see in that cup run, I, I think I scored nine or ten goals, right? Wow. Do you remember? I, I had I got the match programme and it had like players to watch and I was one of them. And I was just opposite Cal McGregor there and I was like, it's funny how our two careers <laughs> definitely um <clears throat> but um but yeah, so um so but I had a great season and it was Gus McPherson that was the manager at Queen of the South at the time. And uh and he obviously liked what I was doing and 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 he used to come and watch our games. Um and and we had reserve games as well at Queen of the South, so played in them. Um so he took a liking to me. Um but unfortunately he got sacked that summer. So I was thinking, right, this is me, I'm done. Um but but it was Alan Johnston that that came in and and he was a player as well. Mm. Um so he had seen me. So he he signed me uh there and and yeah that was that was kind of me just in with the the first team at Queens, which again that the first year at Queens was was tremendous. Um how was it playing like I know it not exactly your hometown club, but basically your hometown club. So I mean what what was that like? Because I knew because I used to go to the games. And I used to know everyone that went to the games as well, that was in the stands and stuff. But being from Dumfries, I went to school in Dumfries as well. Um, it was 
it felt it felt brilliant. Don't get me wrong. By this stage, I had been at Queens for a couple of years, um, but uh, but yeah, I can remember eventually uh, when I made my debut because um, I never really played. It wasn't until the end of that of the that season. Um, but eventually, when I did make my debut, I I've got all of these messages, loads of messages in my phone, just from people that I went to school with and things like that, which was. It felt so good at that, that you know at the time. Just um, and then uh, people were saying, you know, oh, I thought you've done brilliant and stuff like that. This is great. And then that was again just another build up into kind of adult football. But yeah, that was I, I loved it. I, I that that first year as well, especially. Um, I mean that year that Queen of the South team won the double. They had a they had a great team. They had, they won the what's the cup called? It changes every year. Challenge cup. Challenge cup. Challenge Cup. So they they won. I think that year it was the. Um, oh, I, uh, I'm not going to remember that. I, oh, I know I it's like this. It's been the Iron Brew Cup. It's been no. Was it Iron Brew? No. Phoenix. Phoenix was later. I don't know, but it's, it changes all the time. But I uh, the Challenge Cup. Um, so uh, so I uh, they won the, the league in the Challenge Cup, and that Challenge Cup final was in the. It was against Partick Thistle, who had Queen of the South won League One, and Partick Thistle won. Was that right? Aye, Partick Thistle won the championships. I can't remember. It was something like that, and they both went up. But then we we beat them, and it was an unbelievable Ramsdens, Ramsdens. That was it. The Ramsdens. Um, uh, but obviously, when we when we won the league, um, both teams won the league, and that was one of the last fixtures. To be played, both teams then went to to Magaluf. So I can remember sitting at the Daiquiri bar uh, along the <laughs> and we were here, and Partick Thistle were just right beside us. But and we had just beat them in the final, um, and it did get a bit feisty in that game as well. Um, Chris Higgins took a uh, headbutt to the beak. Oh. <laughs> aye, um, but uh, but aye, no, no, that was. Uh, that was brilliant that season. I enjoyed it. Um, but after that, for me, um, Alan Johnson came and went. He got the Kelly job. Jim McIntyre came in and then I struggled. I struggled getting I was playing against boys that were that were that were good players. The, the Queen of the South team back then was was really good. Um and I was struggling breaking into that. Um so I actually had a couple of loan stints. Um, Are you went to Queen's Park for, for a Celtic fan? You've all your teams seem to have Queen in the title. <laughs> no, I've not thought about that. That's a yeah. good point. I'm going to have to go to somebody else. <laughs> um, so, there was only a handful of first team appearances for Queens, and yeah. then you went. Uh, obviously, you won League One. And then went to Queen's Park twice in the 2014-2015 season. We've got 17 appearances for them. So like how did you find out about the interest in the loan move from, from them? Um, or did you just ask for some playing time and they put you up from loan? No, I tell you, it was um I was playing in a reserve game, and at this time Gus McPherson again was the, the manager at Queen's Park. So yeah. Gus McPherson brought me into the fold at Queen of the South. He was at Queen's Park. We played Queen's Park in a reserve game. Yeah. I scored. 
Yeah, I'll repeat that. I scored. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, and then he said, he said to, he asked the manager, look, I want him. Can we bring him in? And it was only, it was only a short term because, like you said, it was two different stints over that one that season. season. Um, and then, yeah, went went to Queens Park. Um, scored your first pro goal for them as well. Yeah, I that was uh, against East Stirling, was it? Is it East I don't, ha- don't have the the the, the, yeah. the final details of who it was against. Yeah, I couldn't find that out. I was just looking yeah. just now to see if I could find it again, but no, I've not been able to. I was going to ask you what you remembered of it, but or Lee was going to yeah. ask you that. Well, what I remember, what I remember, see that Queen's right. So when I was when I was at Queen of the South full time, young boy, didn't really get paid a lot, but I would sit on the bench on a Saturday, and if we won. I would double my wages because you got the win bonus, yeah. right? And I was so every every time we won, I was like, "Yeah, it's like <laughs> bubble bubble this week." But when I, then then brilliant, right? I get this move to Queens Park, and and I'm used to sitting in the bench watching Queens not getting on. Yeah, and then um, and then I've gone. I've got, I don't know who that is. Oh, he's back. Um, yes, yeah. yeah, so I was I was used to sitting in the bench, getting the double bonus, blah blah blah. And then I went to Queens Park, and the first game was away to Arbroath, um, and it was a top of the table clash. They were top, we were second, and uh, they were two points ahead of us at the time. And that, and I had come in, and Gus McPherson told me on the phone, he says, "If you come inside for me, you're going straight in the middle of the park, and you'll be playing on Saturday, top of the table clash." And I'm thinking on here we go and I can remember going up to Gayfield knocking my pan in uh, for 90 minutes we won 2-1 and then we're going out for a cool down after and obviously I'm used to sitting doing nothing on a Saturday and getting double my wages and I was like what's the win bonus and the boys obviously look at me and they're like we don't get paid I (laughs) I was like what I, we don't get paid because they were obviously still amateur at the time. And I was thinking, oh, of course. Wait, yeah, so they were, they were amateur right up until only a couple a year of years ago. ago. Yeah. Aye. Um, so, um, aye, so, uh, so, yeah, it was expenses only when I was at Queen's Park. But uh, I, 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 it was, it was Gus McPherson there. Yeah, he liked me. And to be honest, I, I, I did enjoy it. And like I said, uh, I know I've not scored many goals, but I've scored. Twice at Hamden, one for East Fife. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and one for Queen's Park. So at least I can say that I scored at Hamden. Eh? Exactly. I've actually found it now because I didn't know who you scored against. So as soon as you said he's Sterling, I managed to find it. And yeah. it is 25th of April, 1 0 draw against East Sterling. You opened the scoring in the 28th minute. I take it it was like a deflection that he's been given credit for or something like that, surely. <laughs> Missed it in the ground. Let's just thank God that there's no VER in League Two in Scotland back then. Because <laughs> something, knowing my luck, that would have got you, that chopped off. Do you remember um, that goal? Can you tell us about it? So, for us, us that weren't there. Right. So, I was, uh, I always played uh, in the middle of the park for Gus. Um, so, I can remember it was like a 4-3-3, but I was the left of the three. The ball, the 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 play was going kind of, it was down the right, but we weren't high up the park. It was kind of like in the right back area. 
right centre mid, but Gus used to always tell me to like as a, as a left sided centre mid. But he said when the ball's on the other side, peel out and try and make the game wide so I can get it and then look to play forward. So he said that, and then the play was getting built up. It went into the the boy that was number ten at the time. Don't ask me who. Um, he's t- turned on the half turn, played me through, and then I've run on to the end of it and then left foot. About just edge of the box, I think. Left foot back across the goalie. Um, keeper's bottom left. He had no chance. <laughs> but yeah, so that game was a good one because I got a, I got man of the match that day, um, and I've still got the bottle of champagne that I got for it. Nice. Um, it I'm just gonna have a quick look on YouTube now to see if I can find the goal. It was with my mum and dad's, but. Uh, and I'm surprised they've no drunk it. But yes, I still do. Um, Brilliant. I mean, just while Michael's searching that, I'll just ask his next question, because you got to play in the, the playoff final with Queen's Park in 2015, ultimately lost to, to Steny. But what do you remember about like that that occasion? Because it must still be amazing, obviously, over two legs, um, trying to keep that momentum and stuff like that up. And what do you think that it'd have gone differently? Um, if it'd gone differently, you might never have joined East Fife and, and stayed with Queen's Park. If if that had gone differently with Queen's Park, yeah. I mean, Gus Gus tried to try to sign me, but I can remember um when it was coming to the end of my contract, I can remember I'd i i I needed a job and because Queen's Park they they, they didn't they didn't yeah. pay. I had said that I said that to him, and and but Gus Gus fully understood that. Um, you know, he was he 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 done really well with Queen and Queens Park, um, but he understood boys that you know what can he do if if boys aren't going to get paid? He needs to try and attract them. Don't get me wrong, the opportunity to play at Hamden at the time is amazing, um, and the facilities and the boys do get well looked after, um, but. It's it's difficult to attract boys, and I said that to him, and I said it's quite a big commitment, you know, to 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 train in Glasgow because they trained at Lesser Hamden, so train Tuesday, Thursday games on Saturday, when I don't have any other kind of income. So so my main priority was, you know, getting a job uh, more so than than football, um, but um, but yeah, and then that would that ties into how I kind of joined East Fife um, because I had had the conversation. So it was eventually at the end of my time at, at Queen of the South, James Fowler was the manager. Um, and we had a kind of conversation. We both kind of knew what direction it was going in, that I was going to have to go and move on. And um, Gary Naismith, I, I don't know if they just speak just in general, like who's leaving and whatever. They had the conversation, but Gary Naismith actually texted me and he said, um, hi, Pat, um, Gaz Naismith here, um, would love you to come into training um, with us and, and see if you enjoy it. Um, and I, and again, I, I just replied, I said, look, you know, thanks for your interest, but I I, I need to... I need to get a job, you know. It's at this at this stage. I was twenty one, um, and I was wanting to to, you know, I was wanting to start a life, you know. I was wanting to move out of my mum and dad's and stuff, um, which I wasn't ever able to. 
getting money at Queen of the South don't get paid enough. Um, and and to be fair, Gaz was brilliant with me because he fully understood that. He fully understood that. And I that's when I, I initially started working for Sky. Yeah. And 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 the job required me to work Saturdays. And this is this is what's difficult for boys nowadays um when it comes to football. Um, because they give up so much of their time. Um and it's hard to 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 maybe find a job that this is more so for people that are full time that'll go into part time football. It's hard to get a job where you can you know maybe get every weekend off and, and don't require you to to work after six o'clock at night. You know, um, but my initial job with Sky was requiring me to work Saturdays, and guys said, "Look, come in. We'll see if you enjoy it first of all." I says, right, I might as well. Like, I was doing nothing that weekend anyway. So, w- travelled up from, from Walker Bay to, to the stadium um, on the Saturday. Trained. We trained out the back. Uh, do you know the, the grass bit? Um, out the back. And then trained once. Um, and it, th- But this stage, there was, I think there was loads of new boys. There was loads of boys on trial um, for, from, that, from that East Valley squad. Um, because all the, the Dunfermline boys like Merce, Declan O'Kane, boys like that had all just been released as well. Yeah. So they all came in and trial. Um, so it was it was like exit trials in its own way uh, thing, you know. Um, so we were training out the back, training session, brilliant, and away I went. Didn't speak to to anyone after. But Gaz phoned me um and he said, look. I want to bring you into the club um, just after that one session, which I was like, this is amazing. And I said, well, what I need to do, I says, um, I need to find out from, from my work if it's going to be okay now. You know, am I going to be able to get Saturdays off? Is it going to tie in with, with training and what have you? And he said, yeah, right. He says, honestly, even if you need um, the odd Saturday off. And I was like, geez, oh, like, you know, that's, that's, that's amazing because not a lot of people would do that. And sure enough, I went back to my manager at Sky and 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 he was a football man as well. And he appreciated that obviously I dedicated a lot of time to football and things like that. And he could see it's, you know, I was passionate about it. And uh, and he said, Yeah, go for it. And then and then then I came back to training. We we sorted everything out. Um and and I was a signed player. And then yeah, what what is weird how these things, you know, pan out. Um, because what a season that was. Um, and and that was at the start of that squad. That was a complete new new team, you know. Uh, it was a complete uh, total turnaround. Um, players coming in and players going out. Um, but uh, but yeah, that's how that's how I initially came. I mean, this is the bit of the show everyone was wanting to hear, obviously, uh, about your time at East Fife. But just before we get to that, I'm just gonna share my screen. Is this my goal? Yeah, here we go. Am I right enough? Well, let's see. Uh, that's uh, oh, it was, oh, it was a punt. It wasn't well played. This is great for our listeners. Yeah, see, look, I see. Tell me to stay wide. Oh, it wasn't it? Did go in the right. Oh, he's a wee bit. Oh, what a finish! Look at that. Opened up. Caressed. Massaged into the corner. 
That's a nice finish. I don't know how the keepers not go that, to be fair. It's different, <laughs> from, different from how you described that. Like you said, edge of the box, you were almost in the penalty spot, mate. No comment. <laughs> that's me, that's me, Paul Woods. It's such a he was in that team. Great, there. Good player as well. Yeah. When we good. played them away, we were giving them pelters on the on the touchline because I think what was it he'd said he'd said something on social media like the week before about Rangers, I think it was Rangers or Celtic. And we were giving right. them absolute pelters I, so that. But he just got a bad injury, didn't he? Aye, I really bad. I, I don't really know what the ins and outs are. Um, but yeah, it was a it's a bad one. I think out for a long time. Um, but God knows. But uh, he was a he was a great player. And for Queens Park, that was a good team that we had. Um, I uh, we'll we'll share that after this comes out. We'll share that video on our social media as well, so that everyone can see it. But it's, it's my goal. Internet's amazing. You can just find anything. Right, let's get into your time at East Fife. And you, you gave us a good setup there about how you came. But, I mean, travelling up all that way, did you have any qualms about it? Cause, I mean, that shows a hell of a commitment to, to make that trip. Like, doing that once or twice a season for an away game is, like, bad enough for fans going down to, to Locker Bay and area. But for you to do that regularly and for training as well, I mean, that, yeah. that does show how committed you were to the club. Yeah, well, that that was the that was the case. Um, but uh, like I say, after a while, I, I want well, I wanted to to move out, obviously, uh, from from my mum and dad's in Lockerbie, and move up. So what I what I did do is I asked my my manager at Sky, um, if there was any chance of moving around because because anywhere was better than staying in Lockerbie because mm-hmm. you're literally across the country. You know, um, so and then and he said, right, what about Edinburgh? And then I said, yeah, Edinburgh would be fine. And he's like, ah, well, can you get a, a accommodation? I said, don't worry, I'll make it work. Um, and then he said, right, well, I could give you a position in Edinburgh. So then I was, I would, um, one of my mates was at uni uh, in Edinburgh, and I said, look, you know, can I come in and live with you? Pretty much, um, just see how it goes and then uh, and he was at the time all for it you know he was he was needing somebody to live with and and he was a good pal good pal of mine um so um so yeah so so moved up to there so I was in Edinburgh um and I was working in Edinburgh uh, over in Leith <clears throat> and then um and then obviously training was was it was at the stadium but we trained at the Orium uh, yeah. at the start yeah. of it was uh, up at, at the stadium, but then we changed to the Orium. Then it, it couldn't have been any better. I've gone from the the furthest distance to the shortest distance. Um, so um, so I so again, it's funny how these things work. But kind of, I forced it to make it work in the end, you know. Um, and that's that's another reason why why I think I've 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 stayed uh, for so long because, you know. The club's been so accommodating with me at the start, and then since then, like, like I've got this, and I've kind of like revolved my life around it now. So with me still, even now I stay in Livingston, which is fifteen minutes away from, uh, from the Orium, and you know forty minutes to the stadium. So, um, I've kind of like forced myself around to, to stay. 
again, showing the, the commitment to the club that I think a lot of fans maybe don't appreciate. What I, I think, like as fans looking in, and I maybe only got a full appreciation of this after I I moved away. It it's like you're in your own little bubble when you're there and you maybe don't appreciate what the life of a lower league footballer is actually like, trying to balance a job and doing training and then playing at the weekend. And then when I came over here and I'm involved, I'm around the Whitecaps most days, so they're a full-time club. And you see the difference and what they have to do. And they maybe only train on the pitch an hour and a half a day and then do an hour in the gym and that's their day over and they're professional footballers. But as you guys have got to go and do your jobs and then go and train a couple of nights a week and then turn out at the weekend and you could get an injury that could fuck up your job and everything like that, I, d- I don't think fans really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. So I, I I agree with that because, again, when I was full-time, I could go from my mum and dad's in Lockerbie. Um, we trained at Broadwood, uh, at Queen of the South, so, or Glasgow Green, one of the two. Could go up there, train, and come back for one o'clock. You know, so you could go, come back, have a full day, and that's traveling. You know, two hours of travel within that as well, um, and that's and that's full time. Whereas, like you said, you know, there's boys that get up at five o'clock, six o'clock. Uh, you know, even you know, even last night, I had a, we had a game, we had a bounce game. And then I was driving down to Newcastle last night after the game. So, you know, it's it's I so it's it's long they can be long days, but you know, boys do night shift and stuff, you know, and that's why sometimes I think you know how you get like a two week break, all the full time teams kinda get the two week break, the SBL get it or the, the premiership now, they get this two week break in, in, in winter and then that's when they go all over the world, they go. I don't know, Portugal and Dubai and stuff like that. And then always, I've always thought, you know, if anyone should get a break, it should be us because yeah. ones that are actually working, you know, and 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 that's it. That's a difficult thing with with boys at at, at this level. Um, if they if they take a let's say if they take holidays from their work, it's not really a holiday because they still have football, and 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 vice versa. You know, so so you only at part time level, um, you really only have you know four to six week period in the year that you can take a holiday where you can. Properly... Well, and that even that itself feels like it's getting less and less. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I because it keeps on coming earlier and earlier. Um, I so there's there's only this kind of golden period within the year, which is. Obviously, depending on on playoffs and stuff like that, but you're probably talking from about mid mid May to mid mid June, um, maybe just after that. That's the that's the kind of golden period that you can get away. And and I've played with players that you know their 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 partners are like um, school teachers and things like that, and they don't get school holidays until. A July or something. So effectively, they they can't go, you know, the the full year without taking, you know, a week's holiday. You know, abroad somewhere you could maybe go, I don't know, a wee city break or something like that. So that that can be challenging, and and that's part of the reason that, you know, I think some some boys actually just burn out in the end. Mm. 
because it's difficult to balance and it can take its toll on on people. So um so so yeah, but I mean it just depends how much you actually you really want it and yeah. I mean, your first season at East Fife, it was a hell of a, a season. And uh, like winning the League Two Championship. When you look back at that season, what what memories do you have of it? And do you still get goosebumps thinking about the, the day that you clinched the title and like lifting the trophy? Yeah, so that season, that season was an absolute whirlwind. And and I can I can always remember guys saying, you know, you'll remember this for the rest of your life. And and to be honest, from see from my point of view, fair enough, I didn't really play too much at Queens, but it wasn't too long ago that I was I we had just won the double at Queens, mm-hmm. and I was thinking, yeah, it's not been too far since I've done this. But see, because I was playing each week, and I was writing the fold, it was. It was such a good feeling, um, but it felt as though I mean, because we had, it wasn't you know plain sailing that season, um, and um, and and yeah, we just had that 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 year, we had just a great group of boys um, that were all they were quite a young squad. We had a, a couple of experienced players, but we had quite a, a relatively young squad. Um, all just what you know enjoyed playing. Uh, we enjoyed coming to training, um, and and yeah, we just we just took it on, and um, uh, it was it was amazing. And then it came to the the Clyde game, and I think we we only needed a draw um, that day. But it got it got to that stage. It was just like I can remember. I can remember the the ref blowing the full time whistle at that 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 day. And then I was, I'd asked them, um, what was the, was it Elgin? Was it Elgin or? It was, yeah, it was Elgin three. were, they finished three points behind in the end. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then that was, or was the, so the draw was enough? Is is that the draw was yeah, enough? Yeah, the draw, the draw at Clyde that finished, no, no, that was enough to win us the league. Yeah. I, um, and then that was it. And I, it was just incredible. Just, just the whole, the whole, because he had been, a, because I personally had been a part of it, you know, every game kind of thing. Obviously, everyone's a part of it, but to play um, home and away, home and away, home and away, and then I was thinking, right, time to kick on, we'll do that again. And since we've no, we've no, you know, we've no done it. So, you know, it's, uh, yeah. it's from my point of view, done it when I was so young. You know, to do it now at this stage of my career, I would, I would appreciate a hell of a lot more. Um, yeah. Make it happen, Pat. Yeah, we would like that as well, to be honest. I mean, folk that listen regularly to the show will know this and they'll be sick of me telling people this, but to let you know, I've watched these five since 1984. In that whole time, I saw two promotions. Then I moved to Canada in 2007, and since I've left, they've won two championships. I, I got to fly back for the trophy presentation in 2008, I couldn't be there for the game that they clinched it, but at least I got back for the trophy celebration. But I never saw anything in the 15-16 season, I don't think. No? No, I don't think I saw any part of that season. I'll, I'll come on to that, because I, I I was there for the Clyde game, but I missed the, the trophy parade, because my wife's a wedding photographer, and similar to, like, you're talking about, like, her busiest seasons of summer, so we had to go away 
the end of April. We we yeah. were in Cuba, and I, I, I honestly I still remember like when the the game was that we were going to like lift the trophy. I said to my wife, "I was like, I will never forgive you for booking this holiday," and I still haven't. Um, but still, still better, honestly, still better. Anyway, um, what do you think made that squad what it was? I mean, Gary obviously has a certain gravitas around them, given the the career that he had. Um, but what do you think it was like if you had to put your try and put your finger on it that, that made that squad what it was? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, for me, um. I mean, it was it was a, because it was a complete turnaround. Um, but we 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 signed a lot of youth players um, as well, and and like I said, so boys like Merce and uh, Deco Kane, Fraz Mullen, Ross Brown, um, we were all young, still wanting uh, to 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 maybe go back full time or or you know these kind of things. But we the the kind of senior boys that we had in the team, they they were in, they would never kind of look down on you. There was no big egos there. So Kev Smith um, was there, Stevie Campbell uh, was there, Pagey. Well, seeing that, Pagey wouldn't have been too old. Um, but, um, and then, so so those boys, it was, it was great changing them. Like, great changing them. Boys would come in at training and, uh, you know, be buzzing about, um, there was no big egos, and there was never any kind of real fallouts. We just all wanted to help each other. We found a style of play, punt it to fash, and uh, <laughs> um, but not with between that and the loans, we 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 had a couple of really good loans, um, a, a few good loans that season, um. So that that whole mix, um. And we just we just found a way to win. Um, and we just we never see that season. I I can never remember looking too far into the future. You know, you know, it, it wasn't a case of right, we've got them, them, them. We've got, you know, Elgin away in four weeks' time. We need to win that. It was literally turn up on a Saturday, you know, we are playing the team in front of us here, you know, anything else. We'll, we'll we'll get to that when it comes. Um, it was is just. That, do you think that's on and up? But is that sort of drilled into you by the mentality of somebody like Gary, not allowing you to get carried away with themselves, or not allowing you and keeping you grounded? Obviously, the, we, we we sort of came into like the set like the second half of the season, and that's when we really just clicked and 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 went for the league at a canter, but. Because I mean, I remember when again when I booked my holiday, I didn't think they had any chance of really winning the league, and then we just hit that run of form and and blew everybody else away. But do you think that that's probably down to Gary's management and not allowing the team to get carried away? Yeah, I think so. Again, the guys was just kind of repetitive in in the stuff that he tried to enforce within us, and then obviously with it being such a new squad. You know, it, it took time for us to gel. Um, and then once we did get a couple of wins, we just, you know, nothing had changed. We just kept on doing it. And, and and you know, as much as we'd done well in the league, we had a couple of great uh, cup performances um, as well. Um, but, but yeah, we just, uh, that was, it was, I suppose, yeah, it was instilled there by, by guys and then just 
reinforced again by by the older players. And um and yeah, over the course of the season we just found a a, a way to win and then and then just keep kept on kind of plundering on with it. I was just looking at the results, two yeah. defeats in seventeen and eleven of those were wins as well. Crazy. Yeah, what it was, we give for that just now. <laughs> it was it was like I'm sure they did, have you got the defend like the goal difference there? Uh let's see. I will find that. Hold on. Um yeah, so um no, because I can remember that that we did. We were solid. We were solid at the back. And that was mine and Stevie Campbell's job to protect PG. Um Gaz played left back and then Jason Kerr. Yeah. Was it Jason Kerr and PG? Yeah. Um and uh, and it was we were just five kind of anything that comes out, we'll put it back in. And then we had Fash. Kyle Wilkie, mm. Kevin Smith, Ross Brown, Craig Murray, um, just and all of the you know they go and do, they all go and do that, and then we'll just sit out and just feed you back. That was that's how we, we managed to get through. Um, but no, everyone had their own individual rules, and everyone knew their individual rules, um, and that's that's you know why we're so successful because in the end, um, because. Uh, we just, um, we just knew what we had to do. We were just so organised. It was forty-one goal. Sorry, sorry, forty-one goals against, plus twenty-one goal difference. And bizarrely, that wasn't the best goals against Queens Park. Only let thirty-two in over the season. Mm. Oh, they finished four. A bunch of amateurs, eh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but just uh, one of the the quotes that we've, we've had was. Was Gary Naismith obviously mentioned that that um, Fash and Kel Wilkie got all the plaudits for that for that season, really, um, in the championship winning season. But he said that that they were only able to do that due to the sort of dirty work that you were doing. Do you do you see that that's the the role that you're most comfortable in? That sort of go in, give a bit of dig, get the ball, and pass it on. Uh well, it, it was guys actually said that to me. Um, it got to January and then we were talking about this the upcoming season, get contracts sorted. And he had he had told me it was a start. It's some I'm sure we were in January. And it was and it was and it was something like from the 19 games that I had no, it was like the from the 22 games that I had played in, 19 of them we hadn't lost. Or something like that, and it was something. It was something mental like that, and then that's what. And he told me that, and he was like, "That you know, you're you're pivotal. So don't think because I used to always beat myself up when I came in, and I was thinking I'm not doing what Kyle Wilkie's doing, Kevin Smith's doing, Fash's doing, you know, Pagey going up and and you know scoring headers, Jason running with the ball, you know, fifty yards. I was I was never done." Doing that, but then kind of that it got reinforced when I was seeing some of these stats that you know I might not be able to do what these guys do, but that's all right as long as I'm doing what's expected of me within my role within the team. Yeah, you know I mean because football is all about balance as well, and it's good to have players that can play one twos, but you know if you've got a mix, especially at this level, um, yeah. 
because you, you see it nowadays, um, some people try to play, 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 and then they play their way into trouble. Um, in modern day football, it happens all the time now. Um, so I would rather, I'd rather play ugly and uh, and do my job right as opposed to, you know, make myself look like a tube and try and play out from the back or do a Cruyff turn in my own box or something. You know what I mean? So, um, Michael and I make a tube ourselves on a regular basis, mate, so I wouldn't worry too much about that. But I, I just want to ask you, I mean, Given your length of service, you've been through quite a few managers in your time. So I'm going to see if I could get them all. But Gary Naismith, Barry Smith, Darren Young, Stevie Crawford, and now Greg McDonald. We're going to take Greg out of the equation because it's no fair to ask you that. But who do you think was the best manager for your career that you played on the East Fife? And you can't cop out. Best manager for my career? I won't cop out. But they were all good managers, I must say. Yeah. Because even Barry Smith wasn't there for long, but Barry Smith done everything himself. And he, you know, his training drills were, were brilliant. He he would set out his drill, tell you what the session was, you go out and, and do it. Um, Daz brought me into the club, but Darren Young, I played the longest, and, and Daz played me in a very high quality squad. Um, and in every position possible, by the way. Yeah, apart from goalkeeper. <laughs> I, um, to make me the best. You're missing one more manager. Uh, Stevie Freel. Oh, he only played, like, he was there for like two games or something like that, but I had the rest of them. <laughs> uh, it's got to be between guys and, and I'll say guys. I'll say, guys, he brought me to the club. If it wasn't for him, I, I would never be here today. Um, so for that, I would I would give it to him. And he 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 like I said, he kind of instilled the confidence in me after after a while and and kept me signed on. So, guys, yeah. Well, I'm sure that uh, you'll probably get a text raging for Darren, um, but you know you've got to take that on the chin. So Sorry, we only played him at the weekend. Then I've not. I'll, I'll go. I'll be a good few weeks before I see him again. Yeah. <laughs> a man in the match performance as well in that game as well. So did did he shout at you more as an opposition coach or as your coach that you were playing under? I've played against him a couple of times and uh, and I but he he, he won't he, he he won't say it to me. He'll say it to the ref. <laughs> he'll have a sly dig. He'll have a dig, but he'll say it to the ref. Um, and get himself booked or sent off like he has in the last two games that he's been back. Right, he he loves that. He can't handle. He can't. He can't avoid the confrontation. <laughs> he he lo loves a lot of wins, doesn't he? But given your length of time at the club, what's been your personal highlight? Not the league, because that's the obvious one. But if you had to pick out one thing, like one outstanding memory, uh, being at the club, what would you say it was? An outstanding memory. Yeah, you can have more uh, than one as well if there's a few. Yeah, if, you, if there's a couple, we'll give you a couple. An outstanding memory. Well, something that I won't forget until the day I die will be singing DJ Bad Boy at the Player of the Year awards. Yeah, that that's it. That's in our list of questions. And yeah, I didn't know anything about this, and Lee has filled me in, so I'm looking forward to finding out more about this. Yeah, so that and um, uh, yeah, so so that 
for good for me. So and the player of the year. Um, Obviously, I'm, doing this show. You, you did do the show. <laughs> yeah. So uh, outstanding. Any outstanding memories? So, like, I was more thinking things like beating the Rovers or yeah. the, the Challenge Cup run or any of those sort of. Um, Having a free weekend in Dublin. Yeah, was that as well? Hi, hi, that free weekend in Dublin. That was a. I'll never forget that. Actually, that was that was quite incredible. And I'm sure there was a picture of me and Mark Doherty uh, having a pint at the side of the pitch. Which yes, <laughs> you put your boots and shinies on, getting ready to go out for a game of football, and within five minutes you've got a pint of Guinness that someone's chucked in from the fans. <laughs> That's an outstanding memory. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, I, I don't I think I've tried to avoid the league, but beating the Rovers is good though. Yeah. And, and do you know you know we played we played them at Kirkcaldy once and I, I didn't start, I don't think, that game, and I came on and it was two each. And Daniel Church cut cut one back from left back and I've scooped it in and I, I, I thought it was a 90th minute winner and like like when I hit the I got a clean connection I was like like oh my god I've just scored the winner here like the ball hadn't even reached and and the keeper tipped it away and I was like this can't even happen <laughs> that was in that was in as soon as it left my boot I remember I that vividly yeah. vividly yeah. Uh, um, but again, the, the, sorry, carry on. Because if I remember right, we hadn't beaten them yet. That was the that was before we'd actually beaten them for the first time. So that would have been the first time that we'd beaten them in the twenty odd years. If that one had gone in, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but even even when we did beat them, Dunsey, uh, the Dunsey wow. game, I was a, uh, I was I I was on the bench, and but Dunsey scored into. I was warming up at the time and I was like standing. It was like those we well, I'm going back to when I used to watch Celtic on the TVs and you see the ball boys. <laughs> yeah. And if you ever watch that game back and Dunsey scores and I'm just at the side and I'm like that and then I fall him over. Um but there's there's so many memories, it's so hard to pick a, a, a an outstanding one. Um and obviously like you you've brought it up and when I spoke to a few people about the fact that you were coming on and I'm like, tell me something about Pat. Like, what what, what do I need to know about Pat? Every single person mentioned DJ Bad Boy. Now, as I mentioned, I missed the celebrations because I was away. Yep, so yep, yep. I, I kind of feel like you owe it to me for you to do it right now <laughs> on the show and for all the listeners of Glory Days of Gold to do I a think, live edition of DJ Bad Boy. I think... Uh, I could maybe conjure something up, but maybe another time. <laughs> don't don't put him on the like. I do have no idea what this is. Lee was roughly filling me in at the start. Um, uh, it's a bit of a it's, a it's a long one. It's I don't want to take up your time here. <laughs> I'm fine. It's like only yeah, one twenty in the it. afternoon. Um. I'll, I'll I'll get it to you on time. Hey, listen, I've given it numerous occasions. Um, it's a wrap. It's a wrap. Aye, but it's it's one of these things that I you, 
going to school used to have it when secondary school used to like have this song on your phone it would take up your full storage in your phone <laughs> listen to it on the speaker just walking in there you end up listening to the same song over and over again and then you you learn the lyrics because it's the only song that you've got so you've got it on repeat and then before you know it i was singing it before you know it it's a bottle of bucky and you're at your chicken Right, well, we we actually we actually um, the first time I sung that was we had a night out the first season at the it's like a bowling club. Gaz Naismith like his local he goes to like a bowling and, club. Oh, Kev Smith talked about this. It was the place in Edinburgh, wasn't it? It was like um, cheap drinking. Did you do pool darts and dominoes or something? Aye, aye, yeah, aye. Um, so so we went there and then, but this is Gaz's local. So like, but we've so we've all went in, and then um, all the new boys had sing. But and as you know, the squad was brand new, so there's loads of people singing. So what they done was they put a chair yep. at the front. Uh, you had to go and stand on the chair, and then the thing is, see when you're doing an initiation song, you better go and balls to the wall as opposed to, you know, slightly high because then it just becomes awkward and you don't want to be there. So. I'd always just thought, no, nah, screw it. And then after that, I've done it there. I've done it on numerous nights out. Um, probably done it in my gully for me when. Um, Play, player of the year this year, Pat. We're on. All right, right. This year, play, right. As long as, again, as long as there's a couple of pints down there, then. I'll even provide the pints. Yeah, I'll chip in some money for that. I've just listened to a little <laughs> bit of it just now. Six and a half minutes. I think that was a lot, Lee, asking him to do it the now. <laughs> yeah, quite right. I was expecting the guy. I did the slow guy. version. I did the acoustic slow version as ah. well. Yeah, I like Scottish rap. Really, a friend of mine that kind of become friends the last couple of years, an Edinburgh rapper called Word SOS. I recommend checking out his stuff. He's just got a new EP that's launched. Right, he listens to my, my show over here. And we've featured him a lot on the show. His sales in Canada are rocketing. Yeah. Next so we'll get you to record a track. We'll play that on our show over here. And we'll we'll build you up as being some big rap star from Scotland. Listen to this. See, see um, I, I met Scott Mercer get married in the summer there. Yeah. Mercer, at the, at the end of the night, he's like steaming. And he just walks past me and he's like, DJ bad boy. <laughs> he goes up to the to the girl that's performing, like unbelievable voice, and the background's sound, um, and he, and she's and he says to her like, tell Pat Slattery to come up and give it DJ Bad Boy. And I was like, don't you dare! So I was sitting there with my, with my girlfriend who's never heard this, never <laughs> sitting there with Cave. And Kev's wife, um, numerous other people that I'd never met, but not just that. It's like all Mercer's family there. So there's aunties, uncles, older people there. And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> Next thing she knows, I write past that. It'll become. So I went up, started singing this rap. Merce helped me out, thankfully. And then, but there was a guy in the drums and he started coming in with this wee backbeat. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, I see, I'm going places here. Um, but, but, uh, but DJ Pat Slat. Yeah, we'll we'll get this mixed. We'll get it out there. And actually, talking to Kev Lee, I believe. Yeah. So I know Kev quite well. We we still speak every now and then. So I reached out to him and I was like, right, I need you to 
Tell me something about Pat. Like, what do we need to know? So give me two seconds because it seems to have disappeared from my phone. He maybe deleted it and because he was embarrassed to say it, but now we've got it. <laughs> so I was like, what can you tell me about Pat? And he's like, Pat is one of the best professionals and guys that I've met throughout my playing career. He was just a young lad at Queen's when I first met him. There are players out there with more talent, but he outworked them all and he deserves all the success he's had at East Fife. I'm still in touch with him to this day and hopefully he gets granted the testimonial because he deserves it and hopefully he's can meet for a pipe soon. P.S. Ah. I can't believe Pat got invited onto the 100th show and not me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Kev, what a guy. I was actually speaking to him uh, today um, because I still speak to Kev because I was at... Kev, obviously, like he says, with Queens. Um, yeah. And Kev, Kev, Kev was unbelievable. Kev was class. See, see, when I was at Queens, he was um, brilliant. And then he obviously, he had a couple of moves before he came here. Um, and then when I eventually did come uh, here, he just brought me into the fold. He's, he's, he's brand new. He's, you know, if you don't know Kev, he'll, he'll just sit and speak to you. And, you know, he's got the time for everyone. Um, but Kev was see when it comes to from from a football point of view and a captain's point of view, it's exactly what you would need. He has all the attributes what makes a, a really good captain. Um, he's not someone that you would cross and he would tell you you know how it is. Um, but uh, so I, I learned from players like him at Queen of the South because that's where I kind of learned my trade. Um, those few years when I was in the first team at Queens, um, him, boys, you know, even Chris Higgins, Higgy, exactly the same. And um, see some of these older pros um, that they set the standard, and I had always admired them and the way that they kind of handled themselves. Um, and and yeah, that that kind of follows you, you know, that stands you in good stead for your career. And 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 it's interesting that he says. I'll be the first to admit, like, I'm not, you know, the most technical player, the quickest player or, or the flashiest player. But in football, especially in Scotland, if you do have the right attitude, if you have the right attitude and you listen to every kind of piece of knowledge or any tips or anything like that that's given to you, you, you it's a trial and error, you know, you try things. If someone tr tells you to do something, try it. If it works, you learned it, it'll be with you. If you don't, you know it doesn't work. Um, but if you if you apply yourself, if you have the right attitude and you're willing to listen and take on constructive criticism, then you've got a right good chance to to play some, you know, some level in in, in the Scottish leagues. Um, but uh, yes, thank you, Kev. That was very nice of you. It's the nicest thing I think I've ever heard them say about me. Aww. He's a good lad, our Kev, isn't he? He's a good lad. Yeah. Although I'll give you the opposite example, captain speech. He said he messaged me saying, "You're playing in the fans' game. I'm sure that there's a few players that are want to nail you." I was like, "I'm sure there is, but no, I'll, I'll not be doing that." Um, I was like, "I've not kicked a football in about two years." He was like, "Get to the gym and get <laughs> that game." <laughs> I was like, "Thanks for that, Kev. Appreciate that, mate." Yes, yes. I mean. When you look around lower league Scottish football these days, I mean, when I was younger, players were around for a while, but 
players are maybe at clubs one, two seasons at most now and there's a lot of moving around. But to have like you and Kev in particular as two players that's been at a club for such a, a long period of time, you rarely see that nowadays, especially at East Fife down the years. You, you touched on like you felt the club had been very good with you and accommodating, so you've got that sense of loyalty there. But I mean, surely you must have had the chance to to move on, maybe make more money or move closer to home. But what has kept kept you here? Well, I like, I have had opportunities to to move, but then it's I, I don't know. It's for me. It's I've always just enjoyed being here, and I'm I'm used to to this, and I don't feel as though. You know, if you, you know, if you, if you, if you move club, then why, why move if you're enjoying it? You know, what's, what's the point in, in risking it? I've had no, you know, I've never had any real problems with the club. It's always been brilliant. I know everyone, um, and I've known them, you know, since my first season. Um, so then, if I can offer something to the club. Then I feel like you know that's the least I can do. If I can offer them something, they've given me, you know, their support. Why would I, you know, change that? And I, I, I yeah, some pe- some people do move on, but I think um, I did have my stint at full time, and then I did have I had a, a couple of years, and then you know by the time I was I think twenty four, I'd made up the decision that I'll, I would never go full time again. I would never I would never go back to it. And then since then, it's it's never been something that I've really considered about, you know, you know, with being close to signing with another team or, or anything like that. Um. So yeah, for for as long as I have something that, you know, the club want from me, then I'd, you know, more than happy to to, you know, stay and and perform. Um. Yeah. Because I've been kind of away for so long before we started really doing the show a couple of years ago was a little bit kind of not fully up to speed with everything that was happening at the club and I knew you'd been there for a while but when I was then preparing this when I found you were just 29 I was like what that can't be right because knowing how long you'd been at the club and then I was like Jesus he is just 29 I mean you must be in line for a testimonial and for a, a guy that's that age to get a testimonial in itself is one thing but I mean you might not want to talk too much about this, but has that been mentioned to you as a possibility? Because Kev's obviously just had his. No, well, Kev, Kev winds you up. Kev, Kev winds uh, everyone up by saying that. Um, but he'll say, like, um, his is just the warm-up for the real one. <laughs> um, but no, there's there's no really been any... any Because, I mean, it's still offered a testimony. It's not as if it's guaranteed um yeah but no it's not it's not a, something that really crosses your mind but yeah yeah so you need to be offered the you know it's not something that you just get you know it's 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 more than just that but um it's yeah i i, I think it'll be we while to we while to go but um again for as long as the club want to have me, you know, more than happy to be here. So you never know. That's fantastic. If if you don't get one, just ask Kev for half his cash, mate. Aye, Um, that's fair. I think that's only fair. 
Yeah. I mean, that was, again, looking in from afar, it was weird to have a testimonial for a player that's then coming back and playing against you and scoring goals against you. But anyway, moving quickly on, we've covered all the happy times. It's all been fun and games. So let's change that. Let's talk about the season. It's It's been a tough few years for the club, obviously, relegation, changing managers a couple of times. And now this season, it's clearly been a struggle at times. What's the mood like in, in the squad right now? Yeah, so just now, I mean, I can't speak on behalf of the boys individually, but it's not as if, you know, boys are disheartened or, or anything like that. You know, boys are still coming in. They're, they're still enthusiastic about training, and and the the, the standard in training is is still good. It's not as if you would come to the side and watch and then think, oh, this is, um, you know, poor or or these boys are are downbeat and things like that. Um, it's just I think this season so far it's it's been a bit of a topsy turvy one because, I mean, we've shown it spells in this this season that. You know we can beat anyone. You know it's like we can perform really well, um, but it's only in short spells. It's 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 about consistency, and 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 it's not forty five minutes on a Saturday. It's it's you know just being consistent at what you do. Um, and the, again, the squad is 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 young this year. It's. It'll take a, a bit of getting used to. The only thing is I'm now trying to implement some of the things that were told to me when I was these boys' ages. Um, and, yeah, I've, uh, from a personal point of view, I've not played as much as I would have liked. But when I do play, you know, I try and control the game. And sometimes I think... Um, some of the younger boys might not talk, they might not communicate as much as, you know, as as some of the older boys would. So that's why I try and be that kind of um, older figurehead in the team um, to try and control. But yeah, listen, boys, boys know the position that they're in just now. It's not, it's not fantastic. It's not where we want to be, but they'll definitely, you know, they'll 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 keep going right all the way to the end of the season. Um, and and I do think it just takes, you know, a good solid win and it can turn so quickly. You know, it only takes a one good performance, one good win to start a run. Um, because we've had them in the past, I've had them in the past, um, and then all of a sudden the pressure's off and and you but you're not thinking about it. Um that's the thing that I kinda learned I learned last season, um, you know, that you can get stuck in the mud a wee bit and then you start looking at fixtures and then you think, oh, well, we could win that, we could win that, we could win that. But That's basically our show every week. <laughs> it's not, it's not, it's not that, uh, it's not that simple. It's literally, you prepare for this game, nothing else matters. You prepare for this game at the weekend, how you're going to win that, you take care of that and you don't concentrate on anything else until that is, you know, you're so focused and that's dealt with. And then when you do get a win, the pressure comes off and then just, you know, it clicks. And then you no longer think 
you no longer put the additional pressure on yourself to to perform and all the wee small things, whether it's I don't know, it could be ricochets and you know blocks and and I don't set pieces or referee decisions. All these things start to change and you know over time it becomes better and it does become easier. But we do need to 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 get this kind of sorted. We need to we need to get a good mm. solid win um, over over the next couple of games. Uh, we do need that. I mean, tied in with that, I mean, obviously the inc- inconsistency is there for, for everyone to see, but now you've got that added pressure. There's a trapdoor for the club out of the league, which is not something that we've ever kind of faced before. Yeah. Is that talked about amongst the squad or is that just something that you don't even contemplate that right now? No, again, I, so so certainly from, from my point of view, I don't. I don't look at that. I don't. I mean, you want ideally at the start of the season, you want to get your performances. You know, you would love to be playing the best football. See, at this stage of the season, it's just about getting your your results. Um, the league. We all know the 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 kind of state of the situation of the league just now. Um, it's it's not something that you really talk about. You, you know, ideally. You want to be looking and playing for for you know at least the playoff position, um, which we showed we we can do. Um, it's not something you want to look at, but again, I know how quickly you can, you know, the the bottom of the table can grab you in and and hold you there. Um, so you just do everything in your power to avoid that at all costs, and it just comes from um, putting everything in a Saturday and and, and doing everything you can to win. Um, and, and yeah, score goals and keep clean sheets. As a player that's been around the lower leagues for your whole career and for a long time, what, what do you think about the new system? Do you like it as a player? Obviously, you don't like it if you're one of the clubs that go out, but the whole pyramid system, how would you like to kind of see that progress in the years to come? Would you like to see more teams being able to come up from non-league and more teams maybe dropping out or as a player are you like no no I'm quite fine just with that one yeah no I think listen I think if if a club does well in whatever retrospective league they're playing there should always be a pathway I, th- I, th- I think that's only fair um it's not as if we are the selected teams we we you know we should be safe if if a team doesn't perform you know you, you you need to. You can't expect because there'll be teams chapping in the door, and you see about other clubs that are, you know, wanting to come up and they're getting heavily invested in, and and you know they're attracting different players to come up the leagues, and they have their own um, aspirations. Then I think uh, you know why not? Why not? Because you look at look at some of the teams. I mean, teams like um, Edinburgh City. Um, they've obviously come up. Kelty Hearts have come up. Um, um, even Bonnie Rigg this season. Um, but but it's still it's still kind of in favour to the League Two team as well. Is mm. you know they 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 have a two game playoff with the the Highland and Lowland, and then they'll come in and face whoever's League Two. You know, so they've they've still got to have that extra fixture. So um, 
but no, I, I don't I, I I don't have any issues if a team if a team wants to, you know, show a bit of ambition to get into the leagues then yeah, I think you know, fair fair play to them. One of the things that I wanted to talk about was actually Saturday. Um obviously the sort of old expression of coming in from the cold straight into the, the event. Absolutely outstanding performance. But it's actually not what the, the performance that I want to talk about. It was actually the reception you got when you came off. And and Doug, listen, uh, who does the podcast with us, said he had a lump in his throat seeing you walking around and getting that. I mean, the fans around where I sit, which is like right next to where, where you guys sit, everybody was up on their feet. And that, that was probably the loudest applause I've heard at Bayview this year. Aye, that, honest to God, that was... That was incredible. That was that was that was crazy. Um, yeah, I, I've not, I've I've obviously not played as much. Like I said before, I've not played so much. So to get the opportunity on Saturday, I knew that you know I need to, I need to be at it. You know, I can nothing but brilliance won't won't do. It. So um, so yeah, I came off eighty fifth minute, started to walk around, and then the cheers started to happen then everyone started standing up and I was thinking oh my god you know it was it was crazy and then some of the boys at, at training had said you know you know I thought there was another game going on or you know I thought someone had scored and I was playing in the game I didn't even know and um, because yeah. they'd never they'd never heard the stadium so loud so no that's a uh, that was that was such a good feeling I can't explain that that was such a good feeling and I when think the guys that, had told me about that, I was like, was, wow, was, that's lovely. Brilliant. Yeah, it, it, it was brilliant. I mean, I think it's, at times it's fair to say that you've had criticism, obviously, playing freeze Fife as well, particularly from uh, when you were having to play left-back and, and filling in for Darren um, when we couldn't have a left-back in. I mean, I was one of the, play, the people that quite regularly say, like, Pat's not a left-back, get him back in midfield. Th- does yeah. that get to you? as a player, or are you able to just sort of block that out? No, I think if you if you let it affect you too much, then you'll get swallowed up. It's it's one of these things that you need to le- kind of learn to deal with. If you're if you are gonna, you know, listen to the com listen to comments and, and take them on board, it's what you you know, it's what you do with the comments, you know, how is yeah. how it's going to improve or, or or what it is. Because at the end of the day, if you've got a manager there that's that's playing you, you know, and I say, at the end of the day, you're a player that's you know that's been signed by the manager. If he wants to play you there, you know that's for one reason or the other. That's then what your job is, you know. So yeah. you go in, and I'm from my point of view, it's no player's probably ever done it, but. From my point of view, the minute you cross the white line on a Saturday, you put in everything that you've got, you know, because you prepare for it all week leading up to to the Saturday at three o'clock. Um, so, so yeah, so it's if if I was to play left back, centre mid, in goals, right wing, anything, I would always, you know, give it my best and. Yeah, I, I I might you know I'm not going to fit in at right mid, but sure enough, I'm going to you know I'll try it if that's what's been asked of me. Um, but that's just that's just the way I am. If it's 
listen, if it's if it's not good enough and you don't come away with the three points, you, you can you can. I mean, we've got all the tools uh, nowadays to to look back, analyze performances and things like that, see where you can improve, and then you know how how to improve. But no, I don't. I, I, yeah, listen, it's it's not great taking criticism, um, but you, you over time you learn to deal with it because you're never too far away from another game. Um, and then it's what you do in the next game, you know, um, that'll, you know, it's what you do in the next game that'll kind of make or break it. Yeah. As these five fans, we're, we're probably a bit of a fickle bunch at times, um, you know, but I think... Yeah, don't don't that, listen to some of the, the yeah. older podcasts with Lee and Doug. Yeah, <laughs> I think, like, if you think about it, it as much as a player could be criticised, I think what we love more than anything is somebody that leaves it all on the pitch. Yeah. And and that's that's Pat Slattery. And that's one thing that everybody will say to you, you never get anything less than a hundred percent, which depending on who you ask, that, that's the minimum ex- expectancy. But I've always felt that nobody could ever take away from your desire to do your best. But not not just for yourself, but I actually feel like in recent times along with Kev, you're one of the few players that we actually see playing for the shirt. And that means so much to us, and that's why you get receptions like you got on Saturday. So don't forget if there's if there's ever a time where the fans at Bayview are are being a bit noisy, don't forget that we know the other side as well. Yeah, I, well, again, that goes back to if you do put in everything, then it's no matter what you do in life. It, it could be football, it could be anything, but if you give it your all, if you if you are committed to the cause and you really care about it and you're passionate about it. Everyone's gonna have you know off days. You know it's it's if we because I I see it um, to 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 some of the younger boys. If you do not have an off day, you would not be here. You know you'd be playing yeah. at much higher level. Yeah. You know so you're playing League Two in Scotland. If it wasn't, you'd be playing in the Premiership in England. So you need to realise you will make mistakes. It's just as long as you as you work hard, no one can take that away from you. Um, because that's 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 football at the end of the day. Um, so if you do if you do um, if you do have an off day, then as as long as you're working hard and you are doing everything about it in order, then you can't get criticised for too much because you, you'll you'll know yourself that you've put everything into that that um, that that you could have. So yeah, it's it's one of these things that I've always been able to do. So we'll we'll start a wrap this up now Pat but I mean you touched on it you feel that this team uh, has got what it's got to challenge for the pr- promotion places this year how do you see the rest of the the season panning out do, do you think we can get into top four or right now is it just a case if someone offered you mid-table safety you'd just bite the hand off for that it's 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 weird because you, you never want to settle for mid table. I think the position that we're we're in just now, we just need to get back to winning ways. That's the most important. The most important thing is just getting three points on a Saturday. Um, once you get that, like I said, it relieves a bit of pressure. Um, and then you can take it from there because because you see it every season. You go a run and then you could be right up the table. I think the most important thing just now is just getting the win. That's once you get that, 
you see where the rest of the league, uh, you know, the, the the rest of the games go, um, and how the table looks further down the line. But right now at this stage, you see there's still so much football to be played, um, and you know it can go still so many ways. But right now, it's just about getting back to winning ways. That's the only thing that we that we're really concerned about. Aye, that's what I think we're all we're all hoping for. I mean, momentum, especially in a league like this, it's so much parity that. It's gonna. Anything can happen, really, right now. Apart from the top two that have kind of walked away with it. Last thing I wanted to ask you now. I know you're not a big Twitter user, but when I was doing my prep and research for this, obviously checked out your your Twitter, and I saw that you had won the PFA Scotland in August. They gave you a, a year's pass to the Odeon Cinema, Odeon Limitless, which seems a fantastic prize. So for anyone that doesn't know, it's free movie, food, perks. How much yeah. have you used that? It's like and like have have you got good use out of it? Are you a big movie goer? What kind of things do you like to go and see? So you yes, I I do like films. However, since I've got it, I've used it once. Uh, <sighs> what I've a used, waste! I know, I know. I I've used it once. Uh, I tell you, I used it so. This is going off subject. I used to live in in Edinburgh in the city centre, Fountain Bridge, right? Fountain Bridge, you used to have to pay for your car park, your your space outside the flat, yeah. and 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 it cost a fortune. You could you could pay for um you could pay for a what do you call it like a oh you could permit. pay for a, yeah a permit that's the one you could pay for a permit. But the way my work in football was, I wasn't getting back till such a such time. So all the the permit spaces had to get taken. So I would just park it up on the curb, right? The reason I'm saying this is because I didn't pay the permit. However, Fountain Park had a cinema that they gave you four hours free parking. So what I ended up doing is I signed up to the Cineworld card. It's £16 a month. And I used that as my car parking. So I would just go down to the cinema every day, every second day, just so I could park my car. And I've seen all sorts of tripe. Um, but the, the best one must have been, it, it, it must have been like a Friday night or something. And uh, Pitch Perfect 2, the, the, you know the musical Pitch Perfect 2? So Pitch Perfect 2 has just, just been released. So everyone comes in um, with their, in their couples, you know, you, everyone comes in with their partners. And then I just come in at the end just by myself, sitting down front row. <laughs> No, I used to get a coffee, I used to just sit and drink coffee, just watching Pitch Perfect, probably nodding my head like this. <laughs> Great Singing film, though. But yeah, I've only used it once, but I, I do need to use it. I, I need to use it more often. Your meme that you used with Tam with the GFT thing genuinely had me in stitches, like, laugh out loud, brilliant. Yeah, yeah. I, although I don't get the free... Uh, Family-sized bag of Maltesers or Revels. <laughs> or the knockout punch. Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> yeah, I don't get that, but the, t- the ticket's still good, but I do, yes, I need to go and use it more often. Definitely, like, you sound like your job is a bit like mine and you could, well, in my old role anyway, I could be in Newcastle or Middlesbrough or whatever. So it's the perfect chance to be using that. But it's only Odeon. It's only Odeon. Mm. And uh, I used to work in Ireland as well. And... Uh, like a, a week at a time every every six weeks and uh, there was an Odeon in Belfast 
So I would go there. But when I'm when I'm you know anywhere in Scotland, you know if I'm up in Elgin or Inverness, there's not new in there. Um, so um, I. I miss going to the cameo in the film house in Edinburgh. Well, I can't go to the film house anymore since it doesn't exist. But it's like, I I never really went to the big cinemas. It was always more the arty ones and stuff that I went to as yeah. a fancy pants. I think that's maybe a good place to, to leave our main chat, Lee. Um, yes, let's get on to one final question that I've got. And you've touched a wee bit on it, um, but I'm a stickler for memorabilia. So like, right. I, like so like, retro shirts, sign shirts, whatever I could get my hands on. But you mentioned that you could that you've got obviously your East Five Winners medal and you've got your bottle of champagne that you got for your man of the match. Have you got any shirts that you've swapped or anything else? Nah, I don't have any swap shirts, nah. Nothing. Not that I, not that I can think of off the top. Nah, I've never swapped a shirt. Never swapped a nah. shirt. Not in any of the games against Rangers. I've said not a Rangers well, fan, but Rangers, never... Rangers, Rangers fan didn't allow. Rangers no. said no. Rangers said no. The only person to get a top was Ross Dunlop. He got Jermaine Defoe's top, and then boys, boys were asking, and then um, they asked the Rangers kit man, and the kit man turned around and said, "Ah, uh, no." One of the boys said, "Uh." Ross Dunlop got Jermaine Defoe's. Just give me one of them, and he says, "Listen, that's Jermaine Defoe. Jermaine can do, Jermaine Defoe can do whatever Jermaine Defoe wants." <laughs> I'm surprised. Yeah, probably like we've not got any money. Have you no hair? It's like we we've got to keep on hold of all these shirts. There's still a face painter to pay with the back in the If you could get a signed shirt then from any player, I take it, it would be Henrik Larsson. Aye. I think so. Yeah, I don't have anything uh, signed in there. I did get. Oh no, was it? No, I didn't. Used to used to get loads of sales. I see Christmases, birthdays, and things like that. But as you get older, you don't you don't really get them. But I suppose I. Um, I got a Billy McNeil uh, signed captain's armband. Oh, nice. That's uh, that's really cool. Yeah, that's that's quite cool, and it's come framed with. The picture of him walking out against Inter Milan in the in Lisbon, but um, but I Henrik Larsson would be the one night. Thank you so much for being so generous yeah. with your time tonight, Pat. Yeah. Really, Listen, really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Been Not a great chat. Really, really, really enjoyed it. Hopefully, it's made your night in your hotel room in Newcastle that wee bit that wee bit better. Yeah, that's it. oh definitely because now I can just chill out, go go to my bed. But as other honestly. See, see these things as you've seen from the Wi-Fi connection. Wi-Fi is rubbish, so Netflix barely works. Mm. And then, unless there's a game, you don't get football on ITV anymore. And I don't really watch Tripe TV, Love Island. You know, I don't, I don't bother with any of that. So, no, thanks for having me. It's it's been a pleasure. Um, and yeah, I'll definitely, I'll definitely come on again whenever you have me. Yeah, we'd love to have you on. Anything you'd like to say to to these five fans? Obviously, like you don't often get the opportunity to to sort of talk to them direct. Not being a big Twitter man either. You got anything? Any messages you want to pass on? No, just you know, just as long as everyone knows that you know we're really working hard behind the scenes. Um, like I said, we're we're, we're still training uh, 
as hard as we can uh, to improve. Just stick with us. Um, I think once we get the next win, um, it'll take the pressure off us, and then you'll start to see the 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 good play coming out again, like that we've shown in spells and games in the past. Um, but no, just stick with us, and then together we can get around this turbulent spell. But then kick on. Perfect. That's, that's a so nice much. positive way to end it. Ladies and gentlemen, Thank listeners, you. Pat Slattery, well done, Pat. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely fantastic stuff from Pat there. We played you his teammates section that we did with him on the last episode of Glory Days of Gold. That is the full interview that we did with him that you've just heard there. And we also did some other fun sections that we'll we'll bring over the, the course of the next few shows as well. Overall, Pat and us were were just chatting for like about two hours, fifteen, two hours twenty overall. Great, great evening chatting away to Pat. What an absolutely fantastic guy. As uh, I've said in, in a couple of the, the recent shows, you just have to listen to that interview to show what this club means to Pat Slattery, how lucky we are to have a guy like Pat at the club. He cares deeply for the club and the success of the club. And it, it was great to see that reception that he got uh, a few weeks back when he made his, his first real appearance of the season and he's just done so well in that midfield role hopefully we can get him back on the pitch soon hopefully you enjoyed that chat how could you not it was definitely one of our one of our favorite interviews i think lee would agree with me in saying that we've done so far let us know your thoughts on it glory days of gold on twitter glory days of gold at gmail.com that is nearly it for this episode of the show but i'm gonna finish as long-time listeners will know, when I'm left to my own devices on this show, I like to stick a little bit of music in. And do we have something special for you this week to, to finish off the show? As you hopefully all know, the theme song to Glory Days of Gold has been done by our co-host Doug Perry and his band Got Got Need. Now, Doug's band has a new three-track EP that just came out on Friday called Filtered Smile. You can get it in all the usual places, Spotify, Apple, YouTube, SoundCloud, everywhere that you can get your music, you will find the EP. Highly recommend checking it out. All three tracks are excellent. Also, please add it to your playlist as well. It would mean a lot to, to Doug and the band to, to kind of get this trending a little bit, get the interest in it going. If you can purchase the song as well, all the very better. I'm going to play the first track from the EP to end the show. It's my favourite of the three tracks. It's an absolute belter. This has got got need. Invincible. Come on.
Doug Perry and the lads got got need with the opening track from their new three-track EP, Filtered Smile, that was Invincible. Go out and support the band, you can find it in all the usual places, add it to your playlists. I know Doug and the lads would very much appreciate it. But that is it for this episode of Glory Days of Gold. We will be back soon, talking East Fife, talking Scottish League 2, talking Scottish football... It's a big month of March coming up for the club and we kick things off at Bayview on Saturday at home to Forfar. It's one of those games, a win, sees us move back up the table again, a defeat and yeah, once again, just when we thought it was over, we're back looking over our shoulder. We'll be back with a podcast chatting about that game next weekend. Until then, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much to Pat Slattery for being so generous with his time. Hope you've enjoyed this episode. Stay safe, everyone. Try and track down your salad. And mon, the fife. Lord Provost Warren of Glasgow presents the Scottish League Cup to the side that lasted the course better. All conquering East Fife. As I made my way to that pitch on Wellesley Road, 
sing my songs for the boys in black and gold. I heard the stories about 1938. I was just a boy and knew I'd have to wait. Now there's broken dreams and what might have been at that stadium by the shore. But those glory days ago might return once more.